Welcome to Inside the Pipe, the industrial refrigeration podcast that covers the work, lifestyle, and hazards of a career in natural refrigeration, where we love the smell of ammonia and hate the smell of sulfur. Here's your host, Joshua Reese. What is going on, guys, and welcome to the fifth podcast of Inside the Pipe. Um, I am your host, Joshua Reese, and thank you for letting me vibrate your eardrums uh, this evening or while you're driving from job to job or while you got your feet kicked back, watching that screen, watching those pressures fluctuate and screw compressors cycle on and off. Um, So it's been a while. But here we are bringing you some good conversation with some of the greats in our industry, or at least who I consider greats. Um, Some people may have differing opinions, but that's on them. Uh, Before we get to that, I just wanted to talk to you about something that has hit our industry, and in my opinion, is the next best thing. Um, I'm talking about the ultrasonic imagers. Um, I'm not sure if any of you guys have seen these, but they are cool as shit. Um, If you don't know uh, what they are, um, then you're in for a treat. Ultrasonic imagers are cameras that can see air in refrigerant leaks. Um, To me, this is a game changer. We can now scan systems and find leaks in the same amount of time it would take to just shoot a five-second video. Like, the, it immediately picks it up, even small leaks. It's, it is super cool. Um, this is especially handy if, like, your facility is using halocarbon refrigerants or the expensive ones that, you know, you're paying $20, 30 50 $75 a pound, depending on what industry you are in. Um, I can't, uh, you know, one of the other things it can do is it can also calculate the amount of refrigerant lost Um, The cost of losing that refrigerant and the cost um, of the kilowatt usage increases because of the loss of refrigerant, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, This thing has the potential of saving so much money when it comes to maintaining these systems. Uh, If your company doesn't have one, um, give me a shout. Call me and uh, we'll get you fixed up. We're, we're, We're starting to do it. Um, we, we, I've already sold three of these things and at, at all three of the customers that I sold it to, we found tons of leaks, tons of small leaks, um, a couple of big leaks. So this thing has the potential to, to save you tens of thousands of dollars a year. So, um, find a contractor that does it. It's, it's some pretty cool stuff. Okay, so let's get into today's guest. Um, if you do any kind of free on refrigeration, I can pretty much guarantee you, you know the name Trevor Matthews. Uh, Trevor is the founder of the Refrigeration Mentor and hands down is one of the most passionate guys when it comes to learning his trade. Um, I've bounced back and forth with commenting on some of his stuff on LinkedIn because he, he posts a ton of videos, a ton of training videos. Um, tr- he came from Emerson where he trained contractors basically on the inner workings of refrigeration systems, like small little split systems, CO2, all the different refrigerants. Like this dude is super knowledgeable. Um, he even has some videos on his YouTube um, of the Vilter uh, single screws, which I, I if you haven't checked that out, I suggest you do, especially if you have single screws. Um, it is some really cool content, and it really takes a deep dive uh, into the the inner workings of the Vilter screw, which can be somewhat daunting if you've never seen one, or you know, they're, they're, it's a it's a pretty cool design. Um, I'll have his YouTube link posted in the podcast details. Uh, so give that a view, uh, you know, if you want to learn about Vilter single screws, or if you have a bunch of them, it'll, it'll definitely, um, you know, give you the knowledge you need on, on those machines. Definitely the most technical videos on those screw compressors for sure. Um, okay. All right. Well, let's get into the conversation with me and Trevor. All right. What's going on, Trevor? How's your day going? Joshua, it's going fantastic. Thanks for asking. Yeah, how's the uh, how's the weather up north? Where where are you at in Canada? I'm in a place called Brantford, Ontario. It's about an hour west of Toronto. 
so you may know where toronto's at so yeah well, wow man so is it is there snow on the ground out there oh oh yeah we we got a couple feet on monday of snow and uh now it's starting to melt away so we got we still got uh lots of white on the ground so so it will melt like do you do you the winters don't last all season. Like you don't have snow on the ground all season. Do you actually have times where, you know, it, it could be warm up there? Oh yeah, for sure. In uh, where I'm at in so- uh, Southwestern Ontario, it's uh great weather. It's probably some of the best weather in Canada. We don't usually, I've been here seven or eight years now and we don't usually get this much snow, but uh, it's not, it's nice actually. Like I've got the skating rinks close to, to my house can take the kids up cause it's uh, got a good cold oh, temperature yeah. and, Nice. It's nice. fun. Yeah. Well, let's just kind of get into it, man. What's, what's, uh, let's get into some personal stuff about you. Cause I, I know, you know, you're known for, you know, the refrigeration mentor and, and when I first met you, you were working for Emerson. So what, what do you do in the background of all this? Awesome. Yeah. So I started refrigeration mentor back in September when I left Emerson and, uh, really to give back and to serve the industry. Like, um, I was a technician in the field for 10, 10 plus years and then uh, worked for the manufacturer for seven years. And, uh, I really knew, uh, the struggles technicians have and I, was there. I was a technician in the field, didn't have that confidence, didn't have like a mentor or a coach or someone to really help me out. I was always like maybe a phone call away, but it's definitely yeah. not the same with someone like guiding you and teaching you and help educate you. And I see a huge need in our industry to really motivate younger technicians. I'm trying to get more people into the industry as well as develop, uh, you know, advanced technicians as well. I feel that they're left behind at uh, contractors a lot. Yeah. And uh, my goal is to really take good technicians and turn them into great technicians. And hopefully through my training, my development programs and uh, the skills that I share with them, they can help companies grow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you started, so you started as a tech in HVAC. Did you work your way up through like installation or anything like that, or did you just go straight into being a service tech? Well, I took a, a HVAC program to start out. I didn't know what HVAC was, to be honest with you. I'm a first generation technician. I went right. to university and then college to get a, a business diploma, and then after that, I'm like, what do I do? I'm making ten bucks an hour. I'm going to the employment agencies to try to get a job, and I want to travel. So I had to go back to school and I was actually going to go back for bartending because like you can travel with bartending, you can get jobs, right? Everyone, uh, everywhere have bars. And, um, actually at the register's office, I met this, uh, this kid and he was like, I was a kid at the time, I guess. And he was like, uh, I got a conversation going with him and he was like, yeah, I'm going to take the refrigeration program. I'm like, what's refrigeration? Oh, well, you know, when you go to a grocery store and you go get your milk and it's cold, I'm like, yeah well, you got to service, maintain and install that equipment. I'm like, oh, wow. Didn't even nice. know. You know what I mean? Just totally, yeah. totally not a clue. And then I'll uh, ask him, like, can you travel with that? And he's like, well, do you think, do you have refrigeration on the other side of the world? Do you got to keep your stuff <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, how much you get paid? I'm like, oh, what do you make? Well, my dad's a refrigeration mechanic. He makes 50 bucks an hour. And I'm like, what? $50 wow. an hour. That day I signed into, signed up for a refrigeration program. That's so funny. You know, it was, <laughs> how old are you? I just turned 40, uh, the middle oh of last year. Goodness, so. dude, I would have never guessed that. I thought you were like, like 30, <laughs> you gotta, nope. you have a very young looking face. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's no kind bad. of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that, as far as, um, like when I, I don't know how it was in Canada back when you, cause I'm, I'm 37, so I'm three years younger than you, but like college was, re- was really pushed, which we, we do have college, like trade school. Um, you know, for HVAC and stuff, there's nothing that for what I'm in, like we have a few companies um, that do industrial refrigeration training, but there's no like official course that I know of, um, you know, at, at a college or, or anything like that outside of like becoming a mechanical engineer. Um, but it was that that was constantly pushed when I was a kid. So I, you know, I even felt bad about going into the trades. I'm glad I did now because uh, uh, just a short, you know, couple of years in the industry, I was already making as much money as, as if you were to, you know, go get a four year degree and go out and, you know, work as an engineer for someone. So I, I think that that's one of the big issues that we're seeing right now, as far as struggling with finding, you know, 
people that want to do this, you know, because it's just been pushed so long to go to college, you know, so all, at least in America, our trades are, are really hurting HVAC and in industrial, all of it really. I think it's a global issue, you know, and it's not yeah. only in the, the U.S., same in Canada. Um, and I, I highly think people should take college as well if they want, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I, I, the trades, you know, it gave so much to me, like the refrigeration trade. I've learned how to work on stuff all over my house, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't just throw stuff in the garbage and go buy something new, you know, I can yeah. fix it and look at it, you know what I mean, and, and repair stuff, work on my car now. I couldn't do that before. Like I didn't know how to do that, but I learned and I practiced and I trained myself. And uh, and it was similar to me when I was in high school. I was told by my guidance counselor, you're not going to get a job unless you go to university. And you know, and all yeah. my parents said the same thing. You need to go to a university or college if you need to get a job. I did that and I didn't get a job. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I struggled for six or eight months trying to get work. And I was just, like I said, going to employment agencies and then decided to go back to school and got really lucky and found refrigeration. Yep. Yep. It's a, it's a, it really is a great field to be in. I I'm, I'm glad I got into it. I got into it at a young age and and it's been really good for me um, for sure. So, uh, Hey, let's, let's, since you brought up refrigeration mentor a little bit um, ago, let's talk about that because you, you know, I, I thought that was a massive step whenever I, you know, cause you were doing a lot of content for Emerson you know, right, especially, you know, right there at the, I don't know how long it was towards the end, but you just started, you kind of blew up there, you know, under Emerson and, and just were doing all the training videos and, and stuff like that. So what made you kind of leap from that to starting Refrigeration Mentor? Yeah. So, well, my real goal was, you know, I loved working at Emerson and I loved building the content and working with the team there. They were great, great people. Um, I just, couldn't give back the way I wanted to, you know, working for a manufacturer, um, they still have to, you know, um, sell product and move stuff. Yeah. And they, they gave me so much to work towards the training side, but I want to help in a different way, work specifically with contractors for the long term. You know what I mean? Not just a yeah. one day or two day training where I can help develop uh, the skills of those technicians inside a contractor business, you know, really develop them, take them from like, you know, an average technician, like I said, to a great technician. And when I can help a company like that and you move a technician up the the reins, I guess, and up the skill level, the knowledge level, that really helps businesses grow, you know, and my whole goal is to help work and build relationships with a business and a contractor and those technicians to to love the trade, to be confident in what they do, be effective. And at the end of the day, they go home and they're happy and not stressed out about the, yeah. uh, about what they did at work today because they fixed the problem. Yeah. You know, you're, you really are starting to see a shift. Like, I, like the big thing, whenever I first got in the trade was like on the job training, like nobody, I mean, you could go to one of the trade schools, but they weren't really putting out that much technical information. So the, at least I'm seeing a shift, you know, especially with larger corporations where they're taking, like, they understand that training is, is the, is the only way to, it's the, I don't want to say it's a, uh, what what would you call it? Like a, a quick way to a good technician, but it's something, you know, versus a company that just never does any training and, ex and expects you to learn everything, you know, on the job to now corporations are bringing in experts to train the employees to get them up to that level. You know, it, it's definitely been, um, it's definitely a shift and more companies are investing in, in training of, of technicians and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So definitely what, what I do see a definitely a shift as well, because I have, I'm talking with a lot of companies that, um, you know, have not done a lot of training before and they know the value of it. The first step is to have a plan. If you're a contractor out there, you own a business, you need a plan. And yeah. in that plan needs to be professional development for your technicians. There was yeah. too many years where a lot of companies went by, learned, just like you said, learn it on the job. That's how I did it. I learned on the job. But technicians at $50 an hour, they're charging maybe out of $80, $100, $120, $140 an hour. You can't really learn on the job at that amount of price because then your customers yeah. are taking the brunt of your, the technicians learning on the job. You know, and you don't want that. You want your technician to look like a superstar in front of your customer. Yeah. So that customer is like, wow, send that technician back. 
You know what I mean? And they yeah. tell their friends that own another supermarket or own another grocery store or uh, cold storage building, say, because yeah, we'll get around word of mouth. Like the industry is small. And if you're, you, your customer knows that you're training your employees, your technicians to have the best on your team, yeah. your business is going to grow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it most certainly will. And, and that, and that's the, that is the fastest way to grow. You know, technicians can make and break a company. 100%. Yeah, well, I believe that. And, uh, and you'll see more and more companies that are doing the training, training their technicians, those technicians want to stay, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and they want to work harder for, for yeah. because I always want to work harder when a company invests in me, I invested in them. Yeah, most. you certainly. know what I mean? Yeah, and, it changes uh, the culture. You know, if you're, if you have a training culture, you know, you, you, every company that I've worked for that, that had a a great culture with training always was, was very successful. They were the larger companies really. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's going to be technicians that don't want to, to learn. They want to just go in do their job, what they know and, and go home at the end of the day. But there's so many technicians are reaching out to me, uh, saying, Trevor, how can I get into your programs? How can I, you know, how can you mentor me? And really right now I'm trying to develop some independent, not really independent, but like single courses for technicians. But mm-hmm. I really want to start focusing on the, the contractors themselves and get the the service managers, the operation manager and the business owner to understand that, you know, training professional development is so important and so key for the growth of their business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would go as far to say that that should be the focal point you know, realistically, especially of a service manager, because they, you know, again, a, a qualified technician that's going out and actually doing good work, which is what's going to get you, you know, repeatability or customers calling you back. Um, you know, it's, it, it for sure is an, an incentive for, for the service managers to invest in that as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. As well as the technicians, like the business owners and the contractors that understand the technicians are the brand of the company those yep. are the companies that are growing yeah and they understand that those technicians that are the face of the company they're in front of the customers every day and yep. when you have those technicians that are highly skilled knowledgeable they have customer service skills and understand how to bring business back to the company as well like all my buddies that are experts uh in the field they don't need to go look for work or call dispatch they have yep so much work because they go around and they look okay this fans out okay the anti-sweat's not working okay this uh these cases need to be clean and you know and they have a running list door gaskets whatever it is so when it gets slow or if it gets slow they can go do that stuff or help other technicians have some work uh, during the slow times you know and it's important to build that as well inside your your teams because um if the technician is just always looking and not trained about looking for their own work because i've seen that many times technicians just call dispatch to get any work okay i'm done for today or how come there's no work for me yeah. well they're probably not trained to look for work yeah because you know? they're just sent out on their own it happened to me second year here's the keys go okay go do some service <laughs> yeah that you're on call <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. There, you know, in in our in, in at least on our side, we call that pull through work, um, and and it really is, you know, a lot. Of, if if people want to up their sales, that that is the number one way to do it is through training. Train your technicians. Your tra- technicians catch more and are able to get more pull through work. And on top of that, that the customer loves that. If you can preemptively find something wrong that's going to stop them from losing production or losing a whole case of beef or something like that they they're going to in in most cases they're going to fix it but that that's how that work just continues to grow is through training exactly and uh, and it needs to be taught because a lot of people assume okay a technician came from a different company he has 10 years at this company and as a technician i've worked at lots of different companies refrigeration hvac companies and you always want to talk a big game you know what i mean yeah because you want to get the job yeah but it doesn't mean you know oh yeah i troubleshooted and i did service for this long and i have these skills and that skills but it it doesn't mean i you know i want to get the job but it doesn't mean i'm an expert at that or if i'm 
fully confident in all the stuff that I was learning because over the years, I've been doing this for 17 years now. I'm still learning every day. I'm like, yeah. wow, I wish I knew that when I was six years in or seven years into the trade, I really would have been able to help my customers out more, but I know it now. So now I can share it with others. Yeah, it's constantly growing. You'll never know if you if if you're one of the guys that thinks that you know everything, you're one of the guys that need training the most. You know, there's not there's this this field is just constantly growing. You will never know new technology will constantly be evolving and and it's just it, it's something that has to be kept up with. That's probably one of the things I'm most impressed about you. Like I see a lot of the posts on LinkedIn and and stuff like that. It, you are constantly reading up on new technology that, th you know, everything that's coming out and pushing it to the, to, you know, to your audience. And I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty impressive, man. I, I don't, I don't know how you can find the time to do all that. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Well, I just make the time. I, I really am starting to learn different habits on scheduling myself because I didn't before a yeah. lot of winging, winging it, fit, find time here and there, but I really schedule my time and I feel like I even have more time with my family now that I'm scheduling it and I schedule yeah. time with my family here. This is the time I'm with my kids. You know what I mean? This is the time when I'm, I'm working and, and, uh, I really try to, uh, consistently do it. You know what I yeah. mean? If I say I'm going to do it is do it. It's like building a program for a, a contractor. If it's a new program, I spend the time, I write it down. I try to figure out how long it's going to take me to build or develop this uh, training system or this training program for a, uh, a company or a contractor and, and do the deliverables, right? If it's two yeah. hours a night, I got to spend on it instead of watching Netflix or, or, you yeah. know, doing something, hanging out with the buddies. I do that, yeah. you know, cause I think it's important to, serve uh my people my customers um and uh, the technicians that follow me right yeah yeah for sure which i think is a perfect segue into what i wanted to talk to you about next which is is personal development because you definitely uh, you know i i i i see it all the time like i like or was it were you posting about lex grossman who was it that you were I, I can't remember what it was, but that's one of the things that I've noticed about you is that like you, there was a shift probably like six or eight months ago or something like that. And you just started putting out this content on personal development. And I real I was in the middle of doing all that myself too. So that was something that resonated with me when I saw that. And, you know, I, it's, it is, it, it's a difficult thing to do because it takes, it takes the discipline to be able to say no I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to finish the, you know, the season of whatever you're watching on Netflix. You've got to sit down and put the two hours in like what, you know, what you were talking about. So let, let me ask you this, like, what are some of the daily goals you have like for personal development or some of the tricks of the trade that like, kind of like scheduling out what you were just talking about? How, what, what are some of the things that you've been learning since you've kind of been on this, uh, you know, personal development kick? Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, Probably about two years ago, it really started, maybe th almost three, uh, 2019, it really started for me when I uh, really uh, looked at myself in the mirror, to be honest with you, and be like, I'm almost 40. Um, yeah. I want to make a difference in people's life. And how do I do that? Um, and the nice. first thing I said, well, I need to do the hard things. I need to do the stuff that I want to do, but I haven't been doing it yet. Yeah. So I started just listening to a lot of different motivational podcasts. I started reading books. I didn't read before that. Like I read technical manuals, but I would never sit down and start reading a book. And yeah. I highly recommend if you don't read books, try. And it, all you have to do is just read one page. Oh, uh, this sucks. Because the first six yeah. months of me trying to read was so difficult. Yeah. But after I started getting a routine, now I got like every day I read. I read yeah. every day either something in refrigeration, something on personal development. But about um, probably about eight months ago, after about doing it for a year, a year and a half, I'm like, I need to share this with other people. I know there's other people where I was two year, a year before that. I know there's people that just really want to get to the gym, that yeah. really want to try to do a little bit more, but don't know how to start. And yeah. that's really when I started posting on LinkedIn, uh, posting on Facebook, just probably some of the personal development things that I've been uh, learning about, you know, habits by James Clear. So Atomic Habits was one yep. where it's like, you know, you start with two minutes a day, tr do yep. something, you get up and you brush your teeth, you know, you brush your teeth every day. I do that every morning, you know, 
Yeah. Well, why can't I do something else just like that? You know, drink a glass of water every day. You get up first thing. That's what I do now. I drink a glass of water and uh, before I get to the gym or start to work out. And you just, yeah. it, it's hard. You got to do the hard things. Um, That's like, so funny. Uh, I have, so I've read, I'm, I'm huge on reading. I don't, I don't read a whole lot, but especially when I travel a lot. So I have, I, I don't listen to music anymore. I, I listen to audiobooks. And with you saying like, do the hard thing. One of my, my favorite books is called the obstacle is the way. Have you ever heard of that by uh, Ryan holiday um, is who it is. I'm actually looking at, I've got his one of those like coins that I bought that says the obstacle is the way. And it's essentially, you know, kind of like what you're saying is you, the thing that you don't want to do, which is the obstacle, the thing that you don't want to go around, which is like not watch Netflix and go read for two hours or not, you know, go, you know, whatever you're, you're wanting to do, what your body wants to do, go do the difficult things. And that's what, that's what gets you to the next step. And, and reading has been reading. So I've, I have always struggled with depression since I was a little kid. I've got, I've got PTSD from, from some issues that I had whenever I was younger. Um, And so my mind was constantly either thinking about issues that I had in the past or thinking about something that might go wrong in the future. And this was what was going on internally, like my internal monologue and what, what I noticed is when I started listening to audiobooks, which uh, James Clear book, Clear's book was one of them, uh, The Atomic Habits. I mean, I, I've probably got, you know, 150 books under my belt now. But um, awesome. all those all those audio books were actually changing the way I think like it replaced my time that I would be worrying about something or or, or thinking about something in the future or worrying about something in the past. And it, it stopped all that. And it started, it started changing the way I physically thought about things like even with atomic habits and, 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 you know, to just doing something for two minutes a day or starting small to create the habit or, you know, to, or taking something small away to lose a habit. Like all that, that's my internal monologue got replaced with that whenever I started reading. So that, that shift alone, I noticed when I slack off on reading, I noticed that my mood goes down a little bit. So yeah, I, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I believe that because I'm the same thing. If I go to the gym, I try to go to the gym. Well, I work out at home now, but if I go to the gym five, four, five, six times a week, work out, and all of a sudden, if I miss a week or two weeks, it's a, you know, I'm in a streak of not working out and yeah. it's so hard to get back in. It's it no is. different than like getting up in the morning. I was getting up when I was doing my workout grinds and posting all that personal development stuff. I was getting up at 4 35 o'clock, yeah. working out doing it while I would work out, doing my posts and listen to a motivational podcast um, or whatever podcast I was listening to, personal development. But then all of a sudden I started to get up at 6.30 or 7 o'clock. Yep. And then I did yep. that for a couple of weeks and it was so hard for me to get back. And I'm like, <laughs> really pull the covers, pull the yeah. covers up and then I'd be like, okay, and then I'd wake up and, and, you know, just go to work at that time. And I'm like, why is it so hard? You know, it is. well, you know, it is hard because I'm making it hard in my mind. Yeah. Oh, well, go to bed early. If I'm staying up till midnight, it's not easy to get up at 4.30. Go to bed at no. 10 or go to bed at 9.30. Why yeah. am I, you know, why would I stay up and watch TV or play games on the, on my computer till midnight, for an yeah. example? Yeah. Yeah. It's very difficult. It, I mean, it all, it all comes down to habits, man. And if you, as soon as you break a habit or a tent, I mean, but it seems like it's, it's much easier to break a good habit than it is to start a good habit. <laughs> you know, like wait, I'm in the same boat. I had, I was waking up at 4 AM every single morning in the gym by 4 30, back at the house by 6 30, getting ready to work at seven, you know? And, and, and as soon as I kind of skipped that, you know, I, I actually, I also train in jujitsu. So I, the, it, it, that, that takes up a lot of my evenings because it goes till eight thirty nine 9 o'clock sometimes. So, you know, I, when I started doing that, that's when I stopped waking up at four o'clock in the morning, but I, I pushed it back even further than what I was supposed to. And every, since I did that, I'm having such a hard time getting back to that four thirty five AM, you know, that I want to be at just because I broke the habit. I, I, you know, I, you can easily break a good habit 
um, that is not that easy to, you know, make a habit. Yeah. And, but, but once again, though, it's, it's all about your mindset, you know, and yes. you just start at start at one place, right? So, okay. Yep. What I did this last time to get back up, I'm now I'm getting up at five and I'm wake up sometimes before my even alarm goes off is that, okay, well I was getting up at six thirty seven. Okay. Let's try six fifteen. Okay. Yep. Alarm go off. Okay. Let's go to bed. Try to go to bed for 9 30 10 o'clock that usually doesn't happen i start reading at 10 because that's my reading half an hour and then yep. okay instead of me falling asleep 11 30 i'm falling asleep at 11 or yeah. quarter to 11 then 10 30 and just making sure i'm being effective in my day and that's the hard the hardest part for me was scheduling myself and i still have a lot of difficulties it's not easy like no. scheduling you know i gotta work on this training for this contractor okay i gotta read so i can you know learn and still develop myself okay i got this podcast to do kind of like i'm doing now and you know i got time to make dinner for the kids and spend time with the wife and as well as the kids so when i started scheduling that instead of just saying okay just winging it okay well i'll just spend three hours or four hours making dinner and playing with the kids i, I schedule time with them because they they still have to go to bed at a certain time they need to have routine yeah. as well and when you get into that routine i believe it makes things easier yeah um, it's like you said it's easy to get off that routine yeah um and it's harder to to get back into it but if you think in your mind and you tell yourself i'm gonna do this maybe not happen that day but take four or five days maybe a week or two weeks to do it just yeah. do something about it don't just keep telling yourself oh i should be doing this i yeah, should be doing sure. that because i did that for years oh i i should be here i should be there well no do it yeah. now and in two years time you'll be there yep yeah, for sure. It's you, you got to put the work up in uh, up front and it, it's something. Yeah, it is definitely the it's the most difficult thing that I've ever had to do. I feel like I'm I, I am just now learning this at my age, like at 30. Like I didn't have any kind of good role models or anything like that. So you it, that's that's the thing about life is you just kind of you got to figure it out and you got to figure out what, what works and and routine it. Just like you said, it is if you can create a routine, schedule out your day, which I, I do that as well, um, it frees you up. It frees you. You actually get more quality time with what you're wanting to put your effort to. And it, and it frees up more time to, you know, to just continue to do other things, whether it be personal development or, or spending time for with your family or whatever, you know, it may be. R routine no. is the is for sure the most important thing. Yeah, and definitely. And I've, I've read lots of uh, books about successful people and you'll see them they schedule themselves they yeah. are or, you're more organized they're you know they they get they sleep seven or eight hours a night most of them you know some yeah. of them don't they'll, they'll say they'll sleep six hours they'll get um but you know eight hours they'll get their sleep and these are the most busiest you think you're busy you think yeah. i'm busy that they're yeah. running 100 companies some of them yeah you know what i mean and they have 10 times the stress of like i have a have yeah. and, and but they're still they're still doing it and they're yeah. scheduled out and yeah maybe they have people to help them with that but that that's how you grow if that's something you want work towards it you know yeah. but you have to set goals and visions you can't just drift there i listened to a lot of good podcasts by uh and uh talks by arnold schwarzenegger and you wouldn't nice. think this this uh you know he was always a big movie star and he was a weightlifter but he started out with nothing, you know, yeah. we all see all the big stuff. He was governor of California, but like, I listened to a lot of his talks and like his speeches and I'm like, wow, like he busted his ass, but he scheduled himself and he worked towards it and he set goals and he had visions, you know, where yeah. he wanted to be. Did he get everything he want? No, you know, yeah. but he worked towards for those certain things where he, he did, you know, and was his life perfect? Probably not, but he set those vision. He got the habits. He was working out. He wanted to be Mr. Olympia. He worked out five hours a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to be the best technicians out there? You go and you work your eight, 10, 12 hours and you come home and you read another hour on something new, a new technology. You yeah. know what I mean? Instead of, you know, going to drinking with the boys or going to watch Netflix, you know, even yeah. that's still good though. You still need to have that those relationships with your friends and the social aspect of life. But you need to make sure that you set your priorities on what you want to do and what you want to accomplish because there's just too many people drifting. And I felt like I did that for a lot of years. I just was drifting yeah. along. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I'll tell you what, what really, I, it, the, what really kind of saved me was, and, and this kind of relates back to Arnold and anytime, 
you do something that's physically hard, most of the time your body doesn't want to do it. So what I've noticed is that whatever the the thing that is most difficult to you, whether in a lot of times it, it can be physical in nature, those have the greatest rewards. Those allow you, they, they kind of like build your discipline, right? So if you can go to the gym and work out as hard as like somebody as what Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, did, how great was his, you know, you, that helps you just overcome and, and build more discipline. You know what I mean? Like if you're working out that hard, I feel like your body at that point becomes capable of handling more stress. And it definitely, like if I don't work out during the day, it's hard for me to handle the stress during that day. But if like I stress myself in the, in, you know, in the morning and I stress myself hard, the rest of the day is easy. You know, it's yeah. like you don't nothing can nothing can mess with you because you've already done something for that day that was harder than, you know, sitting down and pu pumping out 12 quotes and, you know, dealing with four or five problems and, and calling customers is, isn't that big of a deal whenever you do that stuff. So between reading and doing physical things, like if somebody wanted a blueprint of how to just kind of get over that hump, that's it right there. So read more and, and go do something more physical, like go to the gym, force yourself to do it, watch some motivate. That's, that's one way that I do it. If I don't want to go to the gym, I watch motivational videos. And then by the time I'm done with the most motivational video, I'm ready to go to the gym, you know, yeah. and, it, and there's like little tricks to, to getting that. But if you can get some, if you can get a really good workout in, whether that be working at the gym or doing something like jujitsu, you know, that, that, that in reading just really helps you, kind of get get your shit together you know as, yeah. as far as i'm concerned oh it's it's true and you'll see once again all a lot of these successful people the number one thing is your health exercise you know and you yes. need to do that and it doesn't have to maybe you don't like working out at a gym well go for a walk go for a run be active yes. walk up and downstairs and yep. it's not very fun you know, yeah. all the time. And so oh, this is boring. Why am I doing this? But you want to stay healthy. You want to live till you're a hundred years old. You know what I mean? You want to, yeah. you want to see your kids grow up and you want to see your grandkids if you have them, you know what I mean? Or your wife or your husband. And it's important as the thing is, is I've lived the technician life and yeah. I did the on call and, and so many things can get in the way. And a lot of the things are excuses. Yeah, I've seen it because I did it. You know, uh, I can't eat healthy because I'm always on the road. Well, yep. get up early and make myself a sandwich or make something healthy to bring with me instead of eating McDonald's or Tim Tim Hortons or whatever it is, A&W. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get up early and make my own lunch or make it the night before. You know, okay, what about going to the gym? Well, I'm on call. I don't know when I'm, you know, when I'm going to be called out. Well, go to the gym and if you get called off, bring your work, work stuff yeah. with you and then leave for the, the, the job. And you, yeah. Even if you get 15 minutes in at the gym or whatever kind of exercise you do, um, do it. You know, yeah. and it, it's just all about habits and it's hard, you know, because I, I was that guy. I was, I was working those 15, 16 hours a day and, you know, just feeling exhausted. Then I'd go home and I'd have some beers every, yeah. after, every day after work. Well, why, why didn't yeah. I do a few push-ups or a few sit-ups? I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Some of my friends think I'm super weird, you know, family, <laughs> all of a sudden I'll just drop down and do 10 or 20 push-ups. <laughs> But nice. that's what I do. If I want to keep in shape, you know, and not yeah. have to go to a gym for two hours a day, I'm learning how it works for me. So that's what I would suggest to any technician out there, anybody listening is that figure out what works for you and try different things. Eat, yeah. Try healthy foods that you don't usually eat. Um, Cause I, I didn't always eat very healthy. I was no. eating out all the time. A technician's life, you're eating burgers or you're eating yep. out all the time. And uh, I had to overcome that. It took a long time. And, uh, that was yeah. really from learning how to cook. I took a cooking course to learn how to cook, you know, to develop my skills because I knew I like food. I love eating. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so, we I, all. so, so I, I started learning how to cook. So yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Like nutrition is probably one of the, that, that for sure was the, the, the hardest thing for me to get over because it was, I was going out. I, I didn't, my, my wife meal preps for me now. So I've, I, I don't really have to meal prep anymore. I'm not a technician anymore. I work more on the sales side of things and manage, you know, my area of, of customers. But the, the, that, that really is another key into like personal development is, is your nutrition. Like if you, that, if once you start eating, 
good and putting good stuff into your body like that's your fuel you you know when you're eating mcdonald's and burger king and taco bell and all that stuff you're you are you are dumping like watered down gasoline into your into your gas tank but when you start eating you know chicken and broccoli like good proteins good carbs good fats you know and eating more of like a macro balanced diet your your brain that i mean that's like putting like high test gas into your car like your, you, you know, your body, this, this shell physically operates better. And us like with me, it's meant like, if I've got to control my mental game, like I, like, especially if I've got a competition coming up or something in jujitsu, I have to make sure that I for sure eat clean for like a week up until that, because, you know, I want my body to perform the, the best that it can possibly perform. And I noticed that, you know, through trial and error that when I ate like trash up to, a, you know, up to a match, I gassed out a whole lot, you know, quicker. But when I when, you know, I was eating like I was supposed to my energy, I could I could go for days. My my cardio was never an issue. So your bot, you know, nutrition is probably the the. I mean, it's just another piece of the puzzle. It really is. There's so many things that kind of have to work together, you know, to make the, to, to, and like you said, it's different for everybody, but like eating clean, doing all these things like reading and working out all those things together, you work like a super computer, like your mind and everything after that. But, you know, you can definitely tell a massive difference between eating trash and how you operate, and then once you start eating eating clean, and how you operate after that, it you know it, that's really what keeps me going. Is like I, you know when I start feeling how I'm feeling now, I, I don't want to lose this. So that's what ki- ki- gives me the discipline to continue eating like I'm supposed to, working out, reading, and you know, and doing all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. I read. Um... Jim Quick's book Limitless, and uh, it's he talks about brain food. You know, eating berries, eating spinach, eating dark chocolate. You know, and nice. I've read lots of different uh, professional books or personal development books, and they're all say the same thing: you need to exercise, you need yep. to uh, eat healthy. You know, and um, Tony Robbins. I was just listening to another podcast of him on uh, the School of Greatness with Lewis Howe, and same thing. Like, talk about you. They all, all these successful people, they're eating healthy. You know what I mean? And yeah. and success is different for everyone. You know what I mean? For me, yep. successful people who cares about others, gives back, you know, um, and really yeah. wants to make a world a better place. You know what I mean? It's not all about making billions and billions of dollars. That To, to me, that's not success if you're not yeah. healthy and you're, you know, you can't bring that money to the grave. You know what I mean? No, but not at all. The, but the being healthy, acting healthy, uh, like read some of these books or just find something that uh, works for you as well. You know, yeah. just eating healthy for one uh professional or nutritionist doesn't mean it's the same for all of them you know then you got to do something that works for you some of it's going to be hard i don't like this i don't want to eat this try it a few times cook it a different way because broccoli for example you know just steam it until it's mush it's not going to taste that good no so you have yeah. it nice and grilled or you have a steam nice and you put something on it some spices that'll make it flavorful then you know yep. that works right yep yep for sure all right. Well, I can't. I'm not going to be able to get away for, with it if we don't talk about something uh, from the inter- industry. So, um, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is where do you see the industry going as far as refrigerants that are being phased out and the new ones coming in? Um, I, and I would say more geared towards like supermarket or even, um, I guess, like commercial refrigeration. What, what do you see see coming out? So uh, for me, at, at some point, it's going to be natural. For a commercial refrigerator, it's going to be all naturals. So CO2, yeah. it's uh, for sure, I believe that's going to be the top uh, commercial refrigeration gas Some at some point. They're going yeah. to get into A2Ls now uh, for the next maybe 10 or 20 years. They're already starting to approve it in uh, in certain applications and these low GWP synthetic refrigerants. But at someday it's going to be all naturals. I don't yeah. know how long it's going to be, but um, it's going There's to be a huge push for it. Yeah, definitely. and and it and it makes sense. Um, yeah, 
And uh, but right now we're gonna see HULs come into the marketplace uh, mm-hmm. for sure for some some period of time. It's because it's no different. We had CO two ammonia back in the day, and then ammonia stayed around. CO two went away, and then propane still stayed around. Yeah. Uh, then we get into the HF uh, uh, CFC days, and then we had to get rid of that because ozone. And then we got HFCs, and that got yeah. got rid of because of the climate change. And now we're getting into these A2Ls, HFOs, these low GWP, and it's going to be something with the climate. It's going to, you know, you're making chemicals, um, yeah. and that are they are safe for the environment? <laughs> yeah. Are, yeah, is it safe for the environment or not? We learn yeah. history, history over history, is yeah. that there. There's issues, some sort of issues that I'll come up with them. I believe the naturals at some point, is it going to be 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? I don't know, but I'm already seeing a lot of here in Canada, one province, Quebec, it's CO2 uh, for supermarkets, for example. That's nice. below 150 GWP. There's no yeah. regulations right now for, um, I believe, A2Ls yet in Canada. Yeah. But uh, that's the way I see it. And uh, I'm trying and I'm, I'm building my business to help contractors understand that because I've had so many buddies over the last few years call me up like, Trevor, I'm on call. I'm at a CO2 store. I don't even know what to do. Yeah. I didn't even know we had CO2 stores, uh, you know, at our company. <laughs> yeah. Um, so really, I want to start preparing technicians. It's just another refrigerant. It's no different yeah. than ammonia. You know, no. people are so scared of ammonia. We've been using it for 100 years, over 100 years in refrigeration. You know, it's something that blows my mind. I don't understand why they didn't use ammonia in more areas than, than in in the industrial. I, I know that they're used, they they have them in like RVs. They have some kind yeah. of like refrigeration. I've worked on lots of them. Yeah. And I, I don't, but I don't understand why they haven't used them in supermarket, like on split systems. Um you know, or, or, or rack systems, you know, for, for super supermarkets, we, we are using CO2 in our industry, which, you know, when the, the, we deal with very large quantities, a 10,000 pound system is a very small system for, for industrial refrigeration. You know, a lot yep. of times we, we can be anywhere from 50 to a hundred to I've worked at facilities that had over a million pounds of wow. refrigeration. So, wow, that's impressive. Yeah, it's a lot. It in in there they and well the, it was divided the the whole pro, it was divided up in, in a lot of different engine rooms but the the site had over a million pounds of ammonia on it. So there you know it, it, there's we we've had some issues because we don't use just straight CO2. When we have CO2s on the industrial or CO2 on the industrial side, it's um Wow, my mind just drew a blank. What? What? Are, pump I can't CO, liquid CO two. Well, pump no, yes, they are pumped liquid CO two, but they're cascade systems. I'm sorry, cascade. I, my mind. Yeah. So what we do is we have the high side is the ammonia side, yep. and the condenser of the CO two is the ammonia, you know, um, heat exchanger. But we've had, um, you know, we we don't. I don't see them around a lot. I know that they have been installed. Um, but they're, you know, they're, it's, it's really high pressure stuff, you know, as far as like, especially using in industrial and using it on medium temp, you know, where, where you're getting up around 400 PSI on a, on a suction pressure. There there was, it's some, I've always been a a little bit weary of CO2. Yeah. And and, and that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And there's no different than people being wary about ammonia, you know what I mean? Or True. people being aware of propane because yep. in an industrial application, there's lots of propane applications, but now you can only put a few hundred grams in a system in a supermarket, you know, because it's yeah. flammable. Yeah. It's, it's just really, it's about training and safety. You yeah, know, uh, if you're trained on it and you understand what it's, what it could do, it's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's, it's no different. Not, uh, people get hurt because they don't know what they're doing. They're not trained properly and not being safe a lot of the time. So accidents do happen, you know, but that could lead to from not having proper maintenance and stuff like that. Yeah. With CO2, yes, on transcritical systems, you do have higher pressures. On that subcritical side, though, it's no different than having a 410A system. You know, yeah. you got 200 and 400 pounds. Yeah. And yes, they sound like high pressure, especially to ammonia, like, you know, in industrial, because your pressures are way lower than that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but once again it doesn't it's just a refrigerant yeah and if you understand how to work with a refrigerant 
and how to work with it safely and you're yeah. trained properly, it doesn't matter what refrigerant it is. Yes, it's higher pressure. Well, that's why you have higher rated copper, higher rated steel. You have yeah. different valves and you have safeties, multiple um, access point where you're going to have reliefs, you know, pressure yeah. reliefs, you know, yeah. you don't want to trap CO2 because, you know, the pressure builds up crazily, you know, really I mean? quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you valve off a liquid pump, like you know, it's a, the, uh, we work on recirculated systems, but just yeah. the just the the valve, the gauge valve that we have on there. As soon as you valve off the little bit of liquid that's trapped between the ga- the the gauge valve and the gauge, you can just watch it peg out that meter. It's in, in I mean, less than thirty seconds. You can just watch it gradually. I mean, that stuff is you you most certainly do not want to trap CO two. <laughs> that is yeah, a, so that's a disaster waiting to happen. But once again, it's no, you don't want to trap a synthetic refrigerant that is above its critical point either. It, it just, yeah. it doesn't heat up as quick. And you're, what's, what I'm seeing is that I'm learning most people aren't doing uh, their jobs properly, right? Yeah. They're, they're cutting corners yeah. and you can't cut corners with CO2. You can't yeah. cut corners with propane. You can't cut corners with ammonia. It's yeah. no different, right? You can't yeah. be cutting corners because Mm-mm. you can get hurt with the synthetic refrigerant. You could get away with a lot of get away with a lot of stuff, you yeah. know, doing stuff that is not um, industry practice, you know, or mm-hmm. the correct way of doing stuff. And um, you, you got to be aware of that, you know. Yeah. And manufacturers are doing their best to try to make sure that people understand how the equipment work. But at the end of the day, it's, it is up to the, the contractors and it's actually up to the technicians themselves to take that initiative to want to yeah. learn this stuff too. Right. So if you're a technician out there, you should be asking, say, listen, I need some training on this. I've never, I've never done it before. Yeah. You know, don't be afraid to say you didn't do it before. Cause that's something I, I learned over the years. Cause I used to be like, okay, let's yeah. go figure it out. Learn thing. the hard way. Yep. Learn the hard way instead of just asking. Yeah, you know, and good mentors, good coaches, good lead technicians, or good service managers are going to say, "Okay, well, I don't know the answer to that. I'm going to find it out for you." Yeah, that's part of that's pretty much my whole motto for refrigeration mentor. I don't have all the answers. Like when I'm working with a contractor building the program, like I tell them I don't have all the answers. But what I can do is I, I find those answers yeah. for your company to make it easier for you, so your service manager doesn't have to deal with all all of this. You know what I mean? And yeah, and that's no different when you're a technician. I used to not ask the question and go try to research and spend days uh, looking for the answer when I could have just asked a few few other people and say, "Do you know this?" Cause I yep. don't, cause so I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed to say, I don't know something, even though I was, I was 10 years in the field yep. and you know, oh, I should know this. Well, yep. if I don't know it. You don't know it. It's okay. You don't, you know, just admit yep. you don't know it and, and go and ask somebody, find the answer out and then learn and learn from there. Yeah. That's probably one of the biggest things about being a service tech is that you don't have to know it all, but you did, but the, one of the, one of the key advantages is knowing who to go to if you don't know it. You know, you don't waste the time sitting there messing with something and, and try, you know, Googling or anything like that. There's resources out there. The, there's the manufacturer, which is 90% of the time, that's the resource that you can go to. If you don't know what's going on, you can call them and they get a thousand calls a day on the same issue as what you're calling them on. So, you know, they're, they're being resourceful as a technician is, is, is key. For sure. I've, I've been in the exact same spot, done the exact same things, sat there because I didn't want to look stupid, you know, and wasted a customer's money. Um, you know, so it, it's uh, being resourceful is, is definitely a, is definitely key. Yeah. And, and uh, just be honest with yourself. And if you don't know it, just say you don't. I do it all the time. I'm in the middle of a training with dozens of technicians and so I get a question. And I'm like, I don't know that answer. You know what yeah. I mean? But what I can do is I can look it up and find it out. Uh, and the big thing is, is that take the time to find it out. Because a lot of the times what will happen is that, you know, you don't write down that question or you're in the field and, you know, you're trying to troubleshoot something. You don't log anything. You don't journal anything. How are you going to remember that? You know, because you still got your customer, you know, say, how is it fixed yet? Is it fixed yet? Is it fixed yeah. yet? You know, where are you at with this? You need to write that stuff down and Take a systematic approach when you're troubleshooting as well. This is something that I'm trying to talk with technicians a lot, something that I struggle with for 
quite a few years yep. when I started in the industry. I didn't have a systematic approach. I'd go in and shoot them by the hip almost, yep. you know, for the first few years. Just, mm-hmm. okay, go talk to the customer, rush to the store. You know, I, I thought getting there faster would, you know, make up for my, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, confidence level. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> but it didn't. You know what I mean? It's like, and yeah. then I would... I wouldn't wouldn't go and just start checking one thing and then the next thing and the next thing. By the time I was done, I I took a systematic approach. I used to have a checklist, you know, and fill out the checklist. Okay, did I check this? Did I check that? Did I check this? Did I check that? And then mm-hmm. do that every time because it's not going to be different. Yeah, you know, and if you're working on a, in a supermarket and on, on the rack, it's going to be the same process. If you're doing residential air conditioning, yeah, it's going to be the same process, and it doesn't matter what manufacturer the equipment it is. You know, airflow is airflow, pressures are pressures, temperatures are temperatures, you know, electric, uh, you know, volts are volts, amps are amps. And, but you need a process to make sure you're checking everything off so you don't miss anything. Yeah. And then you can, if you don't figure it out after that half an hour, hour doing an investigation because we're detectives, then you make that phone call. This yeah. is the superheat. These are the volts. These are the amps. These are the pressures. This is the TDs. This is the airflow, you know, and because mm-hmm. you're not always going to stuff's going to stump you. You're going to be working on call. You're going to do 80 hours a week. I've been there, you know, yep. can't think, you know, you're not thinking properly when you're working that many hours. Mm-hmm. So just if you have that checklist and over time, it just gets easier and then yep. you'll remember the checklist and then take notes. You know, that was something that I didn't do when I first started out was taking notes. Mm-hmm. Then I started to learn, well, I don't, what did I do six months ago? I remember I did this and I don't yeah. have any notes on it. And then when I started taking notes and logging stuff and have a logbook of what I was doing, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, I, I remember doing it. And I flipped through my book. Here it is. This is exactly what it was. Yeah. Damn. Save my customer two hours or an hour of me just messing around trying to figure it out again. You know, yeah. here's the answer. And then I'd remember it, you know, because it takes re- repetition. Everything takes repetition, right? You want to yeah. get good at refrigeration, you got to practice at it. You got to yep. go out and you got to do it. You got to learn it, right? Like yeah. anything. That's funny. That's the, I, I, th- I, that's one of the, I, I mean, I try not to judge technicians, but if I see one taking notes like that, I always know that's a good technician. I, the, every, I went, the, the, I, I was fortunate enough to, to be mentored by a guy that was in refrigeration for 35 years by the time I, I had got to him. And that was one thing that he instilled in me is, Hey, you've got to take notes. You need to, you know, you're the, and what he told me was even the, you know, the art of writing it down is going to keep it fresh in your mind. Like when you physically write something down, you are going to remember, you know, what happened on this day. Even if you have to flip back, you're still, you're going to know where to flip back to, you know, just, just from the act of writing it down. So that, that's always something that, uh, you know, I, I try to encourage the technicians that, you know, I don't, I don't really mentor techs anymore or do anything like that, but I do have like a technician under me that, that works in my area and, and he's a, he's actually a good friend of mine, but I tell him the exact same thing. Take notes, you know, with everything that you do. Yeah. And, yeah. it, and to be honest, it doesn't even matter if you're a technician, you should be taking notes. If you're working a job, yeah. if you're doing energy engineer or designing or whatever it is, take notes on what you're doing, journal that stuff at the end of the day. And it, it's something to do. It's another habit. It's another thing. Oh, you're telling me so many things to do. But when you yeah. get into these habits, it may, it gets easier. Yes. You know, yeah. it gets, it, it definitely gets hard. Easier. Yeah. It, it, every, all of it sounds hard, but it's all to make your life easier. It, it, it really is. Yep. And, uh, that's what we're looking for. You know, that's a, you know, for me, it's spending time with my family. How do I spend more time with my family? I schedule myself and make sure that when I'm there, I'm present with them. You know, there was many years where I was just, I'm with them, but I'm on my phone or I'm checking emails or I'm doing something. My mind is in another place now. It's like, I'm, I'm there with them. Yeah. You know, and that's the, the, the big difference between me struggling, trying to learn and be with my family, then learning and then being with my family. So, yeah, that's so funny. Cause I feel like one of the things that that whole being present thing, I, I struggled with it big time, especially when I, I went through a divorce about eight years ago, seven, seven or eight years ago. And at that point, I, you know, I was, I was only seeing my kids every other weekend and I was traveling the whole time. And as I was traveling, I was by myself and I had this window time and it kind of got me in the habit of being stuck in my head, like doing this, like constantly. So when I would come home, I, I was in such a habit of being stuck in my head that I wasn't present either. 
you know, and that was something that I had to like, like that, that was probably one of the hardest things to, to pull out of, especially as a, a service tech, because I just spent so much time alone, you know, that I was just constantly in my own head, talking, troubleshooting, you know, doing whatever it may be. So that whole, I feel like, there needs to be like some psychology lessons of being, you know, because I think that there's, there is negatives and positives to everything out there. So if you're, you know, I think that that's one of the things that probably plague a lot of service techs out there um, is, is just that like inner monologue and not being present because we're just constantly in this, you know, hamster wheel of, you know, just being stuck in our head and thinking about what's in, in front of us and instead of, you know, t- being able to, to stop and, and take that time to be like, oh, okay, well, right now I need to be present. Yeah. And yeah, and it's a tough thing to do. It took me many years and I'm still, I still practice at it every day, you yeah. know, um, and uh, I have my own like little tricks and habits that I've tried. And then when I start you know, getting out of it, I, I straighten myself up and say, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing at this moment in time. Right. So yeah. Something Dude, I that you're always going to work at. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I tell you, man, you, you really are. Every time I see one of your posts, they're always inspiring. I can tell that you're just like hammering away at it. Like you are just trying to get, I mean, you put good content out. You can tell that you are working on yourself in that you know, for someone that I'm, who's in the same, a very similar position, very similar age, it's inspiring to see that man. I mean, it I really is. I think, I think that you're doing. As a matter of fact, let's uh, we're going to go ahead and, and wrap this up now. So I want to give you a chance to put, you know, put out your information um, for refrigeration mentor, um, and for the guys that are listening out here, especially the the plant guys. Um, Trevor is probably one of the best guys out there, especially when it comes to, uh, at least from everything that I've seen, um, you know, troubleshooting split systems, working on, uh, you know, CO2 systems or anything, you know, just coming up with any kind of training program. He did the, didn't you do the, did you do all the training programs for Emerson or how, what, what did you do? Yeah. So I built, uh, in, for Emerson Canada. Yeah. So I built a lot of their training programs when I was with them and now, uh, if anybody wants to learn about my programs, they can reach out to me at Trevor at refrigerationmentor.com. They can check my website out at uh, refrigerationmentor.com. So www.refrigerationmentor.com. Uh, or even, yeah, I've got lots of podcast free content on on there. Uh, some of the things that you can check out as well is on YouTube. i got a ton of free uh, videos there. So if you're an industrial side, i got a bunch of uh, uh, great videos of a a legend in the industry named uh, Jim Dick on uh, Vilter screws. Yeah. If anybody works on Vilter screws, so check out those 11 videos. And then yes. I, most of my trainings on commercial, large commercial applications. So supermarkets, uh, compressors, as well as uh, CO2. And uh, really just want to, um, to help contractors, help technicians out. So if you, you're a technician, you know, uh, check out some of my stuff. If you like it, uh, you know, reach out to me um, and talk to your, to, to your service manager or your boss. But if you're a contractor running a business and you're, you're looking, uh, you don't know what to do, you know, you know, you know, your guys need training and you're, you're trying yeah. to figure out how to get it done. Reach out to me too. And maybe we can come up with a plan that'll work for your company uh, yeah. and that will help develop uh, the, your technicians and will help grow your business. Yeah. Man, Trevor, it's been an honor to have you on. I appreciate your time. Um, and we yeah, let's do this again sometime. I'd love to. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. All right. Have a good day, Trevor. All right, guys. That was a seriously cool podcast to do with Trevor. Um, like I said, we've bounced back and forth between messages over the years, and I really respect what he does. You know, it is his passion. Um, to train everyone and not only to train everyone the thing that I admire the most about Trevor is Trevor seriously dives into his personal development I didn't really want to get up on a soapbox or do any of that stuff and that's really not what I'm here for but all of us should should be striving to be a better person tomorrow than who we are today don't overload yourself don't throw a bunch of shit at yourself that you have to change all you got to do is just take it one day at a time be as present as you can be and just try to work on yourself a little bit you know do a little bit on your personal development do a little bit on your technical development right just a little bit 
just a little bit at night adds up like crazy over a year. And before you know it, you start getting interested in what you're reading. You start getting interested in personal development and then your life starts changing. And then you start thinking more happy. You know, a lot of us struggle with depression. In the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned something about me struggling with depression. I don't know if I mentioned about me struggling with PTSD, but this is something that I've had my entire life. I didn't even know it. I was one of the people that was saying, no, I'm not depressed. And I really was because that's how I lived my entire life. That was my norm, you know, and it's held me back. It's it, even with this podcast, a lot of times, it, it, you know, me getting a podcast out is a, essentially based on my mood, you know, so if I'm feeling down and in the dumps, I don't do anything on my podcast, you know, but as soon as I start putting in a little bit of work, I start listening to my audiobooks, you know, the leadership audiobooks, all your Jocko Willink books and David Goggins and all these guys that are just these beasts that are getting after it. You know, once I allow that to occupy my brain more than the negative thinking that's typically going on in the background, I start getting happier. You know, it's just one of those things, man. Uh, um, uh, okay, I don't want to beat a dead horse. You know, if any of you guys need any advice, I can promise you I'll still talk about it because I do love personal development and I do love technical development and, and making sure that I am furthering my education and furthering my technical abilities at my job. You know, even though I'm in sales now and all I can do is, you know, all that stuff translates to a customer. They can tell when you know what you're talking about and they can also tell when you're full of shit, you know, so... All right, guys, um, I am going to go ahead and cut this short so that I can get this thing released tonight. Um, I appreciate you guys listening, and I can promise you all I'm going to start doing a, a bunch more. I've got quite a few guests lined up, some really cool guests. I've got Mr. Arlie Farley itching to get back on here because that dude is just a character, so... He may be the next one up. Um, I've got my buddy in New Zealand. We've got to get together and, and do a podcast. Um, so I got quite a bit of stuff coming out for you guys. All right, y'all guys, stay safe um, and you know keep going, keep improving. All right, have a good night.